millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. Today's episode is a conversation I had with Julie and Nana. They tell me of how they ended up travelling from their home countries of France and Denmark to the Emerald Isle and some of the adventures they've had along the way. In the description of this episode, you will find links to their new podcast, which we chat about in this episode called Call My Accent. Check it out and give it a listen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really do not take your attention for granted. And considering all of the other places you could be spending your attention right now, the fact that you're here with us is something I'm incredibly grateful for. If you'd like to help out the show, you could share it with a friend or leave a rating or review. Those small acts can make an incredibly big difference to me, and I'd really appreciate your support. Now, here's my conversation with Julie and Nana. Let's, I guess, start off with Julie. So I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Um, you, you, I, I don't, so in terms of reading the book of Julie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in years to come when you write your book um, and you're writing the chapter of just before you decide to come to, to Dublin yes. right, or Ireland, um, what would you say was the trigger to come here? Like what was the, 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 the thing that made it, like a clear decision for you that you're you're definitely come 100% moving to Ireland yeah so for me it was I was living in Paris for five years and I couldn't stand it anymore okay <laughs> so that was the real trigger I, I loved it but it's so intense as a city it's mm. a big capital it's yeah people are running all the time so I wanted to kind of move to a smaller capital and see something different. And then my partner is Irish, Mm -hmm. uh, who you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, Liam. And so it was kind of, you know, obvious to to move here. You find a job first. I was a freelance journalist at the time, so it was easy for me to move at first. Um, Yes. And I moved to Monaghan. (laughs) Of all places. (laughs) Yes. Because uh, Liam, you know, it was still the housing cri- crisis. It was like six years ago now. Yeah. But it was already a housing crisis. So he was staying in a place that he had with work. But I couldn't really stay there because it was like for workers. He works in construction. So it was for people working in the company. Okay. Yeah. So it was in the summer. So I thought, mm, why not try something different? So I did a work away in Monaghan. 
Wow. So, so what's a workaway? <laughs> it's like, uh, have you heard of Woofing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a similar website. Okay. But it's not farm so much. It's more Airbnbs. Uh, no, sorry, more B&Bs. Okay. And hostels uh, looking for people to clean the rooms or something like this. There's a hostel in Monaghan? No, it was a <laughs> it was a BNB. Maybe there is a hostel, uh, but maybe. it was a BNB. And I was staying with this incredible character. Like okay. there's no other term to describe her. Uh, she had a YouTube channel for cooking. She had a fur business from New Zealand. She had that BNB. What she else? She had a fur business. Yeah, a fur. Selling she furs. was important fur from a certain animal I can't remember the name of from New Zealand okay yeah and she was selling the clothes made out of that random fur. okay yeah very that's random. probably illegal now right I'd say so <laughs> uh, yeah I don't think it was yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and uh, I'm a vegetarian so I was not approving too much of yeah. this business but yeah so she was a musician as well so and she was leaving me for the weekend taking care of the BNB. Okay. Um, and so people was, were wondering, why is a random French girl in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> like taking care of this BNB in Monaghan? Uh, very wacky. Adding to the mystique. Oh, uh, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, random. Yeah, like, what the hell are you? Yeah. I have this love, like, not even love, hey, I've got a stranger. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, I heard this in the podcast before, but Monaghan is, I just have this weird feeling about that place. Okay. My brother lives there. <laughs> So I, you know, and he has a nice house and by, by all, by all accounts, it's a great place. He loves it there. Okay. But so I don't know if you've ever been affected by your education and we studied a poet, very famous poet in Ireland, Patrick Kavanagh, mm-hmm. and he's from Monaghan and basically 95 of his poetry is about how much he hates Monaghan. Not specifically, like he doesn't really name it, but it's, you know, I hate the countryside. I hate like rural living i hate the people who live here they're all boring uh they don't like me i don't like them and that's basically his poetry and we had to study that for uh, i we had an english teacher who absolutely loved him and he just like loved draining every drip of misery out of the poetry and like infecting our minds with it so anytime i think of manon i just think of how much this this guy just changed my whole perspective of the place um but yeah lovely place Love, lovely place for me it was more drunken guests because there was this castle leslie not too far so it was like yeah. uh, this that's supposed to be a beautiful place that, uh, paul mccartney got married there apparently oh yeah. yeah so a lot of big weddings are happening so it was more this and i was in the middle of nowhere on my little bike going to Mon- monaghan town yeah um, yeah it was just more like a wacko start in ireland yeah <laughs> you know? so how long were you there I think like a month and a half. Okay. And then I moved to... You must have been like, because the accent there is strong. That must have been tough. I didn't know any different. For me, it was the Irish accent. You know, I, okay. like, yeah. I didn't know the different Irish accents yet. Yeah. So I was just not understanding. That was yeah. just my feeling. <laughs> yeah. But people were lovely because I, I was a bit so of I'm a... just from Paris to Monaghan, <laughs> like fucking hell. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I'm not sure I answered your question about what triggered me to to Monaghan. But um, yeah, I think it was, for me, it was more living Paris and uh, finding a, a more livable city. And I find that in Dublin because mm. it felt so welcoming mm. compared to Paris. So yeah, is that is that, is that what the because I've never I mean, I have been to Paris, but as a as a kid, so that doesn't really count. Um, 
but I imagine obviously it's a much bigger, busier, more mm. metropolitan or yeah. just kind of like more high intensity, I guess. Yes. City than Dublin. So was it that aspect of the city was the bigness of it that you were trying to escape? Yes. And also, you know, that was a refugee crisis at the time. Well, still going on, of course. But at the time, you know, that that was probably the height and you would see every day so much poverty. I'm not saying there's no poverty in Dublin. Yeah, Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it was intense. I remember like crying very often. It, it felt like it was too much for me. There was too much going on, too many emotions, too many people trying to make it work. And I just, I just couldn't handle it mm. at some point, if that oh, makes sense. Yeah, of course. And um, you were working as a, as a journalist at the time. Yes. And what type of things did you cover? Uh, so I was working uh, mainly for Virgin uh, Media. Okay. Oh, sorry, not Virgin. Yeah, I was working for Virgin Radio. Okay. The website. Okay. I was not, you know, doing the radio programs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was covering mostly music and entertainment. Oh, cool. Mm. Within, like, globally or within Paris specifically? or No, just uh, Paris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the French website. Okay, cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I imagine that was fun. Yeah. Um, Nana, it must have been like, so first of all, you guys didn't know each other before Dublin, right? No. So how did you meet? <clears throat> so we met in in a job. Yeah. <laughs> in a job. Yeah. But uh, we bonded pretty quickly at the time because we had a bit of a similar story. Both have an Irish boyfriend that we have been with for like nine years or something. Yeah. So both bonded over not really liking that job and I thought you were gonna say not really liking that boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and we've changed boyfriends since no we haven't. We changed jobs but not boyfriends. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, that's good. And just yeah, realizing that we had a lot in common and uh, this is the funniest thing about Julie, like I've known you now for three three years and I never heard this Monarch story before. Oh, really? That's always like you have done so many things. I'm always like, what's the next wild thing you're going to tell me? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we met working for one of the, one of the big tech companies mm-hmm. and it was during COVID I moved over um, I think it was January 2021, so that was right at right the... Right in the middle. Yeah, and when Ireland was in... At that lo- lockdown that lasted until May or June or mm. something. Because when you moved over, then um was... Because I know Denmark had the kind of like free-for-all rules, but in January 2021, did they have like... Was just like no rules, no restrictions whatsoever? Um. It was constantly changing. I think at that time it was getting a bit more restrictive again because there was it was spreading so much around that Christmas. Yeah. But in Denmark they had a bit more of a faucet approach, like opening and yeah, uh, opening and closing restrictions rather than Ireland. That was just like we've made a rule now, so we're gonna we're stick sticking with it. to it. Yeah, I mean, think back of it, like we were in lockdown for a really long time. Um, crazy. Anyway, you came in January 2021. I don't imagine that was a lot of fun. Um, so we can probably almost skip that whole year, really, because I'm not really <laughs> sure too much happened because 
it must have been difficult to integrate into Dublin during a time like that. Um, it wasn't my first time living here. I had been, I was actually living here before COVID as well. Ah, okay. Um, was finally like getting, after graduating university and stuff, working unpaid internships, finally getting a job. And then I flew back to get some stuff and go to the free doctor one last time. <laughs> and then the country closed like Denmark's borders closed while I was in the air and then I was stuck wow. over there for nine months wow. and I was living here at the time with my boyfriend and so that was like even though it was a really unfortunate time to return it was still really I was very happy about it because yeah I could move back mm. yeah and um, apart from um, apart from the other halves, let's say, let's say take them out of the equation, right? What is it that that keeps you guys here? Um, because you've lived here long enough now for the novelty to have kind of gone away. Mm. Um, or is there, like, I'm sure, because within myself, I have often, or not often, sometimes I have moments where I'm like, oh, I'd like to move somewhere else. So it's totally normal to, to have that feeling too. Um, I'm not saying that you need to be like married to Dublin. But I'm just wondering what are maybe the aspects of it that you that you still to this day can say that you enjoy. Mm. <laughs> Is it harder for you? Um, it goes, it can definitely go up and down like yeah. the relationship with Dublin, but <clears throat> I'm really enjoying it at the moment. I have to say, like for me, the big game changer was finding some friends of my own Mm. that made the whole difference and from that you just get to meet so many other people and like the second you get your own thing going yeah yeah that first year i imagine first years can be really tough yeah yeah um julie how did you go about meeting people how was it like was it just through things like work or uh, well, uh, I tried everything under the sun, uh, really. Uh, I did some volunteering in festivals. Um, I did some activities like acting or, you know, yeah, I tried many things, to be honest. And it was not easy at first for me to meet people. Your book club. Oh, yeah, <laughs> book club. Um, Brilliant. So I have to say it's more through work mm -hmm. that I met people. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, kind of through like, you know, like you and Monica, like seeing you often at the market in, yeah. in Fitzboro. So yeah, yeah, kind of places you are bound to meet people over and over again and kind of built from there. Mm. Um, I don't have any tips, but yeah, I think I think it was when I restarted really doing things that I enjoy, yeah. uh, like, like, you know, do activities that I really enjoy, like, uh, I don't know, like. A book club or something like this that I started meeting people that I share common interests with. yeah I think if you break it down like trying to meet people as an adult it is just that it comes first of all from some type of shared experience mm. um, and that could be something like work like you come in every day and you're talking to people about maybe your work so it starts with that right yeah um, and then and then it kind of develops from there. Like one thing Irish people, you, I'm sure that you know, like use to create a shared experience with everyone is the weather. Yeah. So like you've noticed, I'm sure that we talk about the weather all the time. 
Uh, because it, quite uh, actually, there's it's something that changes all the time, so you can't talk about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, like I remember, I used to, I I used to live in Spain in the Canary Islands, where it's basically just incredible weather all the time. And it was only after a while that I realised that they don't like nobody watches the weather forecast. <laughs> yeah. You know that was like growing up here. It was like you. Always on the TV at six o'clock or nine o'clock was the news, followed by the weather, always. Mm-hmm. And you didn't switch off at the weather. Actually, you were more interested in the weather. Like weather people in Ireland were kind of famous. Like they were famous people. Everybody knew who the weather people were. It was like five of them, and they said that they one of those five people more or less said the weather every single day. And like I remember, there was a guy with really big eyebrows that used to do it. And uh, yeah, these guys were like mini celebrities. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's that shared experience anyway. Is my point sure. of um, bringing people together, like whatever it is. But you have to have that. I don't think you can just go up to someone and say, "Do you want to be friends?" Or I don't think you can meet someone once and say, "Well, you can." I guess you can say, if someone's willing to like, but then meet you more times. Yeah. But it has to come away from either a pub or a coffee or a dinner. There has to be something else with, which people, I think, can find to share together that creates a friendship. Like, it's like you said, like, you guys now have stories with each other, like funny stories of like, oh, this happened or that happened in that time that we were at the movies or whatever it is. And then that creates the shared experience, which then creates a friendship. Yeah. Um. And I think some people come abroad thinking I need friends and I need friendship. And it's the same thing like saying, I want to be happy. I need happiness. It's mm. like, you can't aim for that. You need to, first of all, like aim to do other things, which then creates happiness or which then creates friendships. That's so um, true. Yeah. That would be what I would say to myself yeah. if I was moving abroad. And like, if I, I don't know, moved to Japan and I decided that I want friends. I was like, okay, I'm not going to just have friends by the click of my finger. I'm going to have to go out and try and form some type of shared experiences with some random people. And then I'm sure you guys have met some very strange people along the, along the journey because that always happens too. Not many people are willing to talk about that in the podcast, but if you ever are, that's, that's a, it's a good one because when you move to a place and you're creating these shared experiences of people and you're like, you're kind of testing the waters, right? Oh, this could be someone. And then it ends up being a complete weirdo. Uh, we've all been there. <laughs> totally. But Julie, you have so good instinct. I think you can tell pretty much straight away. Mm, I don't know. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen some weirdos. And it's funny the way you described it before. Characters, that's what you already say about yeah. those people. Like, that's what um, I hear from Irish people. You guys characters. describe yeah. characters. Yeah. And I, I love this way. You know, like, it's uh, it's actually pretty positive. Like, you, you have all those types of characters. They can be weird. They cannot be weird or just, you know, different. Yeah. But uh, I love this uh, word. Yeah. It makes life more interesting. Mm. Like, I love having characters around, maybe at a, at a distance, <laughs> but they're very important for it, for your day-to-day life. Um, like, if you have a neighbor or someone who's a bit of a character or who says, oh, someone who just says things that you're not <laughs> expecting, they're the best types of people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Ireland has plenty of those types of people, plenty of characters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it doesn't take long to go 
to go and find them. No. Um, yeah. Um, I imagine the the living situation or finding a place to live. Like, so Julie, you you said that um, you moved to Monaghan <laughs> and then you were there a month and a half. So then after that, I imagine you found somewhere to live in Dublin or, or how did that work out? Yeah, so I, yeah, I moved to a family house of like so my boyfriend has a sister who had a house in Dublin she still has it but we just stayed there for a year so it kind of helped you know to start in Dublin and then we moved because we were like with several of his siblings and that was a bit much you know (laughs) past a certain age so we found a place that we still live in um, Fisborough um, north of Dublin for yeah, but it took us a year to kind of, you know, find a place yeah. we could see ourselves living. Yeah. How about you, Nana? <clears throat> I was, it was easier for me because uh, I could move in with Porik, my boyfriend. Mm. But I, it, I, I remember I was doing an Erasmus one time and <clears throat> they were like, after that, there was like a survey asking different questions like I did it over here and they were like asking oh can you give tips to people how to find a place to live and I was just like yeah like go on the Camino meet someone meet an Irish guy hold out for five years then wait till he buys a place and then you can move (laughs) in with him because it was just like yeah how even to go about finding something and yeah you know what though? Someone told me one on this podcast before. Um, I used to ask people like if you were talking to someone who was thinking of moving to Dublin, what advice would you give them? It was one of the questions that I used to ask, and he said, uh, "Like if you're if you're a few months out, just find an Irish pub in your city because there will be an Irish pub wherever you are, and there probably will be one or two Irish people in that bar that go there frequently. Just start talking to them and ask them." And they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're moving to Ireland. That's cool. I've got a friend, you know, here's his number. When you get there, text this guy. Um, that will happen. That <laughs> That's was, such a good yeah, tip. Actually. It really is. And I don't think you can do that with too many other countries. And uh, in Ireland, it's all about playing the long game until you get yeah. those connections. Like, that's more valuable than anything. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm just trying to think. I just you couldn't do that with, with too many other places. Like you couldn't like go okay, we can use in Japan again. Is but you couldn't go to a Japanese restaurant and just go. So you guys, uh, I'm moving to Japan. <laughs> you want to give me your friends' numbers? <laughs> uh, that just wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah. You must have struggled with the food a little bit, though, Julie. Struggle. Well, yeah, because you know, um, I, I'm not gonna. Um, don't take this any don't take offense to this but you know mm-hmm. french people have quite a uh, high high esteem or high self perceptions <laughs> of their food and their cuisine yeah um which you know that's true well the, yeah, you're it's right good like, food. It's true. yeah um but how was it for you moving here uh not too bad actually like i don't struggle as certain french people because like i mentioned uh, i'm vegetarian so yeah. here there are more options that it would be at home. Yeah. So I find really? that, yeah, 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 much more. Okay. And I like the cafe culture here, like, you know, the, the brunch culture. Mm. I find 
it is like I like it. I like this type of food. Uh, it's fresh. It's it's what what I what I want. So I'm not big, you know, into the very traditional French dishes because of the the meat and stuff. So what I miss is the cheese. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fromage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also, like for you, because you said you were living in Copenhagen for five years. Yeah. Um, and whether people know this or not, the standard of food there is really good. Just from my own, <laughs> like I didn't go to any of the Michelin star restaurants or anything like that, but um, just the general kind of it's not street food, but it's also not fast food. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's let's just call it nice fast food that I had. <laughs> what did you had have? Um, so Owen will kill me now for not being able to remember this, but, um, <laughs> and that I, so what happens when I go away on trips with other people organize, um, I just kind of go with the flow a lot, but this time I made a lot of effort to try and rem like remember where I was going and like take <laughs> pictures of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've forgotten most of it again. There was like a chicken, um, chicken sandwich restaurant uh, I know this is very vague but have you seen the TV series um, Bear or The Bear yeah and you know the way he goes to Copenhagen in that yeah and he goes to a chicken sa uh, sandwich shop in that in that one of those episodes um, if you're following me great if not <laughs> that's where I went that's where I went <laughs> I saw that episode and it annoyed me so much because My. it was just like there was not a single Danish person in that episode, oh, really? except yeah. for that one guy crashing his bike, which is like, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can cycle even if we're drunk. Yeah. But um, yeah, very funny episode, though. Mm. It's big. Wow, okay, this sounds so incredibly ironic coming from an Irish person. But there's a big <laughs> drinking culture in Copenhagen with young people i think even more so than here um and it's but it's different it's kind of trendy you know talking about different ipas and beers and there's loads of cool breweries and those places are kind of the cool this, this is the impression i got anyway yeah whereas you know here the like the kind of um what's the word i'm looking for those craft beer pubs are mm. they're not really trendy You don't think so? Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Pmax is kind of a trendy place. That's closing, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, you know, I'm thinking trendy, cool places would be like somewhere like Pygmalion or, you know, maybe House on Leeson Street over the south side, um, which are more kind of cocktails yeah. or cocktails. And then there's pints of Guinness for people who don't want that. But I don't know. I found Copenhagen like very trendy beer drinking lot of young people out drinking kind of culture yes absolutely that's i'm always struggling so much to put my finger on the difference because we have such a drinking culture in denmark and yet and so does ireland but it's it is different it's yeah. like in denmark in the market for investment worthy bags watches and fine jewelry rebag is the answer 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mike, you easily see like a guy walk down the street with a Carlsberg in his hand at like 12 noon. and But then you know that he... That's probably the only one he's going to have that day. Where if you see like, an Irish guy walk down at 12 noon. With... You, you don't know if that's his 24th <laughs> or that's number one of 24. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, like you say, with... Have you? Did you see the movie, the Danish movie, um, Another Round? Um, is this the one where he tries to be drunk all the time? Like yeah. just a little bit drunk? I haven't seen it actually, but I've been told about it. It's good. Yeah. yeah. But that depicts this young Danish drinking culture so well. It's like, it's almost like turning a, turning it into a game and how much can you drink before you collapse but still doing it in in sort of a, a respectable way a respectable way yeah yeah <laughs> so the idea of that film is is kind of just to be a little drunk all the time and never never to be like really locked as we would say here um and all, but also never to become sober yes but that's how it starts anyway okay and then there's a twist <laughs> well, not necessarily a twist, but they change their mind. Yeah, or do they? Well, you know, crescendo. Then there's yeah. a hangover. <laughs> yes. Hangover comes eventually. Yeah. I've been trying for like good 18 years now and I haven't figured out any way to... I haven't found a total cure yet. Um, it's hard. Yeah, especially when you're getting a little bit older. Mm. Um but yeah, it's it seems like a, it's it, the, the differences between the culture are subtle between Ireland and Denmark, but there are big differences as well, obviously. Um, but I don't think it's as much of a change for you coming here as it is for like an Italian person, for example, mm. coming to Dublin. I think this is a much bigger change. And that's obviously got to do with the weather and stuff like that as well. Um, I know it's you've got a much nicer summer and stuff there in, in Denmark, but... Um, you have experience of the darkness and um, that aspect and that that side of things. Yeah, and I <clears throat> I think I didn't really get that immediate immediate of a cultural shock. I think it came more gradually as mm. well. But um, the biggest one was definitely the round system. You know, um, when okay. you're in a pub and you buy each other rounds, and it was like so different like in Denmark people just get their own drink yeah and here it was constantly like 
oh, and like I remember Boric being in Copenhagen and then he goes up and he's like, oh, what are people having and takes everyone orders and then he comes down and everyone is just like, tak, like Danish, thank you. And he's not getting any of those rounds back. Where is my drink? Yeah, because yeah. it's such a weird, it's, there's so many, uh, I never thought about it before because when you grow up with it, you don't think about it. But then there's there's so many dynamics at play when there's a round being had. So let's just say there's five people at a table and I buy a round for five people. Mm. Then there's one guy who was like, I'm just going to stay for one drink, has now been obligated to stay for five drinks. <laughs> and it's in his head is going, fuck, um, you know, I wasn't quick enough to like either buy the first round and then that's my choice. I leave um, and they can just get me back another time or because it's it's rude it is rude to mm. so you have to it even happened to me the other day with my friends where uh we were in a pub and let's just say there was four of us there someone got the first round someone got the second round and then it came to my round but then by the time i was my round more people had come so there's another three people there mm. so i was like okay i'm gonna have to buy a round for seven people now and then Never just leave <laughs> yeah uh, because if I don't, it'd be like, these people just gave me, I hadn't spent a penny yet. And I'd had like three pints, but you can't just go, all right, guys, see you later. <laughs> you know, yes. yeah. So then I had to buy seven drinks and then I left. <laughs> the whole system. Yeah. It seems so simple, but it's such an intricate system. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching something about game theory before, well, while I couldn't do work today. And it was basically this. There's a theory that works best in the world called tit for tat, which is I'm nice if you're nice, uh, but if you're not nice, I'll, I'll also be not nice back to you, but then I'll go back to being nice again. And I, I think that kind of so generally just being nice, I think works out in the world of buying rounds. So I bought seven drinks. So technically three people owe me a drink and that will come back. Yes. It'll come back. <laughs> and and I don't know when. It's kind of Irish karma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you buy people a drink, it'll come back. It might not be that person, but somebody will get me a drink. But the one day you'll be that person who comes later and you'll get your pint. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you'll walk in and you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> there it is. You probably also remember all the rounds you gave and not the ones that you got. Yes, exactly. That's the, that's that's it. Yeah. Or maybe that just tells a lot about me as a person. <laughs> No. The pint bank. Yeah, uh, but it can happen. How about you, Julia? Did you have much of a culture shock? No, uh, I'm from Brittany originally. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we are big drinkers. Mm. Yeah. To give are you? you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the weather. It's raining. Like to give you an example, when I was in college, I had a what? How do you corkscrew? Yeah. Yeah, I had a corkscrew in my purse. Would have this all the time. Really? Yeah, because on the Thursday night everybody would get drunk uh, with the rest of the students. How French though that it's a corkscrew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only the best wine for us. <laughs> yeah, but for us is the poor man's drink, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's the rich man's drink? Champagne yeah, or something like that. Beer would probably be like not really? the cheap beer because you have different beers, obviously. Like, but um, yeah, if you want a good good wine glass. You can get a decent wine glass at four euros. 
no yeah. problem, you know. Well, you also have the boxes of wine there, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. If you want to have a real party. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now yes. you're talking. It's not good wine usually, though. No, yeah. no definitely not. But um, um, it can lead to a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. I'm not the, I don't think I've ever been in Brittany before. Um, but I yeah, know. been to a few other parts of France. Because um, I'm not sure if I told you, but one of my friends is half French. So okay. I used to spend quite a bit of time over there with him. And then when I was 21, for his 21st birthday, we took like the shittest car in the world. <laughs> a car which had the turbo broken, which we didn't think would be such a problem. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't know what a turbo did. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what a turbo No, I don't. <laughs> but um, it it just imagine it as a very important part of the engine so uh, let's say that your car now that you drive goes to zero to 60 kilometers in you know no, nothing crazy but I, I don't know whatever what's five six seconds whatever like a normal car right mm. but without the turbo it'll take it could even take up to a minute um so that you, you think when you're 21 that's not going to be such a big problem but when you're turning onto a road where everyone else is doing 120 kilometers an hour and your car takes one minute to get to 60 kilometers an hour you're like you've got your like you're like come on come on come on and i remember we were going over the alps <laughs> and the car was like in first gear going over the alps um oh man yeah it was it the best place to have a problem with the turbo as well in the mountains <laughs> no no the turbo was the whole way but that's where the problems really kicked in. I remember the traffic behind us was crazy and super like angry French people. Um, yeah. Um, so that was, it was great though. Yeah. You remember it well. I do. Yeah. But I also remember the boxes of wine. That's what reminded me of the story because I was also 21 and of course. Um, it was a real, a real novelty. It was boxes of wine and then we stopped and we get like bread and cheese for lunch. That was... That's what we lived off. That's just what you need. It was a great trip. Mm. It was a great trip. We nearly died about three times. Genuinely, you <laughs> mean that. Uh, but it was good fun. <laughs> it sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those, I don't, we haven't gone back to France in, in years, but um, yeah, I'd like to go back. Yeah, I think you, I, I don't know France that, that well, to be honest, uh, but I, I bet you can have so many fun adventures outside of Paris, you know, like to go more like in more rural areas yeah. and you must meet some characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem is not being able to speak French. Mm. Yeah. That, like, I imagine if you could speak French, you're opened up to so many different characters and meeting people and their stories and yeah, True. that must be great. That helps. Yeah. But, you know, hand gestures sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That can work. Yeah. No. Because you guys had Irish partners, was like adapting to being in a purely English speaking environment not that difficult? I think it's um, certainly like a gateway, or is that what you say, like mm. to learning about the culture and getting mm. the references and because you there's so many things about the language that like you study English and you can have a really good level of English from home but then 
if you all of a sudden in a room with six callow people, you're not gonna get half of what they're <laughs> what they're talking yeah. about. Because the second someone mentions a person you don't know or a place yeah. you don't know, then the whole sentence collapses. Yeah, yeah, that's funny because I remember having that experience as well, where you. Like learning the words is not enough. You have to also like learn the culture. Yeah. Um. And what are they culturally referring to? Or, like, you might. I don't know if you heard this, but we always make fun out of people from Cavan being cheap. Yes. Um. But again, that's not something that you're going to learn in an English class. That is just part of the land. You could obviously not understand that joke if someone says it. Um. So there's yeah. I don't know. How, like learning the Irish culture and learning that aspect of the language let's say mm. how did you guys go about that because you had to you've got Irish partners yeah and I'm sure they refer to things that sometimes you're like what what are you talking about <laughs> and then they might say oh this is from that show or this show or this celebrity or whatever is there any ways that you found helpful to learn Irish culture yeah watching like things watching Father Ted. Father Ted, yeah. yeah. It's always Father Ted. But also just television and general news, the news like this, you're going to learn so much, but it does, it just comes so gradual. Mm. And the weird thing is that you, you learn something, um, but you have no clue about another area. So you have all these blank spaces. <laughs> But you might be like an expert in a specific topic about Irish culture. Mm. But it's fun. It's like a bit for me, I've always been really motivated to learn because I love going to a pub, for example, and and impressing Irish people about <laughs> how much I understand. Yeah. yeah. That's it doesn't take much, though. True, but that's a secret weapon. Like, if you say to a, a, a dub, up the dubs, they love it, you know, like, yeah. and the, it makes a difference right away. Um, <laughs> you like, you know, you, you feel like you know a bit more. Yeah, no, it really helps to, and as foreigners, we are, as foreign people, we, we just repeat stuff we hear, you know? Mm. So I know sometimes, like, <laughs> like, they just laugh because we just heard an expression one time and that's not something that everybody would say but like somehow that's the one you you remember and it just it just sounds funny to other people then yeah 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 uh, there is you have some unusual phrases speaking of being um foreigners i i, I never really it's funny because i don't really think of that anymore i think uh, whatever anyway um how does it feel i guess to be this might sound like a stupid question, but how do you feel as non-native people, non-native Irish people? Wait, I'm getting confused over that question. <laughs> how do you feel as, let's just say foreigners living in Ireland? I think like for me, it's it's been only a positive experience. And this is something we talk about sometimes as well. Like I think we're quite lucky to come from places that also um has an interest to irish people and okay yeah so when like the second i say where i'm from people are naturally curious and they go out of their way to make you feel welcome i think so 
I really have a good time here, <laughs> mainly. Is that how you feel as well? Um, yeah, yeah, to a degree. But then I think I put pressure on myself as well because I'm always very conscious about, you know, having an accent or you're not a native, obviously. Mm. So... Or sometimes I just don't understand the person <laughs> I'm talking to because yeah, yeah. they have a different accent I'm not used to. So yeah, there are those moments where I feel like, okay, I think I'm okay. Like I feel like on the day-to-day -day life, it's okay. And then there is always that person who makes you feel like, no, I know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I know nothing about anything really. Yeah. It, that's It's a gradual, as you said though, and it's a gradual process, right? I'm thinking to... Uh, there's a local butcher that we have um, and poor Monica like really struggles. He's, first of all, he speaks a thousand, like I'll struggle. I'll understand him, but I'll like, and he'll say, he just, he's like, you know, there's, there's types of people who they don't adapt their speech like in any way, shape mm. or form in any way. Yeah. Um, and these people also, by the way, would go to places like Spain, France or wherever and also would speak the same and expect people to understand them over there too. But he always says the term lovely hurling. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard that before. <laughs> yeah, no. He'd be like, oh, I'll be there. Two burgers. Is it all right? Lovely hurling, lovely hurling. And Monica's like, lovely hurling? What <laughs> is that mean? <laughs> you know, hurling is a sport and it's just like, lovely hurling is like, it's just a stupid way of saying, you know, great, that's fine. Like happy yeah. days. Yeah. Happy days, like lovely hurling. See, didn't know this. Yeah. Um, exactly but how would you how would you there's so many there's that's that like deep like that's advanced level irishisms because first of all you got to know the sport um second of all you have to have just enough knowledge to know that he's not referring to the sport he's referring to just you know great i love you hurling very nice it's so it can be so challenging true and there's so you guys have so many of those expressions like i remember the first time i heard your man mm. oh yeah it made me laugh so much like i never heard something that funny because it was like <laughs> he's not my man what are you talking about because we're so literal in denmark so it's like yeah yeah i think it's so funny and i'm almost a bit that's one thing that's a bit sad that things have gotten so normal now that you don't always get to have those experiences so mm. i think when they come it's still special like it's still special to be able to yeah discover things about ireland mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah it is nice um nice to be able to discover things about cultures in general um going back to the podcast that you guys have decided to start uh, so first of all what's it called it's called not surprisingly call my accent okay <laughs> and uh it's after the show Call My Agent, which is a French show. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I have heard of it. I've never watched it. Yeah, so it's on Netflix and it's a typical Parisian, more than French almost, a show about French cinema and the glamorous life around it. Okay. So we're kind of using that show, we're doing like a rewatch podcast. Mm -hmm. But also using that show because it's very French, more than a million Paris. Okay. <laughs> uh, to kind of explore the cultural differences between France, Ireland, Denmark, 
and America as well, because a lot of our own references would come from there. Brilliant. Yeah, so, you know, let's say in the episode that comes out tomorrow, we're talking about the vision of infidelity in France, mm. or what's the difference with Denmark, for example, or Ireland, stuff like this. Okay. Yeah, so that's the idea. It sounds good fun. Do you guys enjoy doing it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and like how, how long more or less is are, are the episodes and so like are they one hour long episodes between between you or 30 minutes or one hour we aim to keep it under the hour but yeah. it's hard we <laughs> we record for yeah sometimes we record for three hours and we cut it down to one hour so yeah yeah, yeah. no that's the goal one hour mm. but it's been such a cool project and mm. Yeah, we didn't know anything about it. Starting out, we had to learn everything from scratch. And yeah, I've enjoyed every task that comes with it so far anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant, um, even just, it, I think it's, so, it's such, I would encourage anybody to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not saying to be like, like successful in terms of making money from it or anything like that, but I think it can give you so much other value in terms of, you know, listening back to to yourself and improving the way you communicate or just having fun yeah. um, and it being there and it's recorded. And sometimes I, I, I get afraid of that because I, well, I do think podcasts will be like, you know, the way VHS was with video. Mm. Like if you have, you know, your grandparents or whatever on VHS, I don't think you're going to be running in and watching that all the time so sometimes i'm like oh you know you know great great grandchildren will be able to listen and it's like no they won't they'll be like i don't know teleporting themselves with their fingers or something like that to other planets and i don't think they're going to be listening to podcasts but and the other other side of things it is nice that you know things can live on and i think there's that cool aspect of podcasting as well or blogging or vlogging or whatever it might be but um it's good to do it i think yeah it's so cool and <clears throat> I think we feel the same way and it's but also been a bit you know the that we are not native English speakers you're also a bit more careful because we were a bit nervous about accidentally saying something about a different culture or something that could be misunderstood mm. yes. so yeah that's what we also aim not to <laughs> offend anyone uh, yeah. yeah it's that's the but that's a really great exercise for our english as well to kind of learn the art of communicating it the right way yeah but that's amazing like that to have that level of english that you guys do it's incredible to be able to do that yeah it's a, it's very challenging because um that's one of my biggest fear by the way in english is just to be misunderstood like to not use the right word and that is quite different what did i say the other day airy i thought it was mysterious but it's not like and you, you know kind of offend anyone oh, yeah. yeah if if but if you offend someone you don't want them listening to your podcast that's the way i look True. at it like if this if there's someone there that's going to get offended over something that you say you know there is literally millions of other podcasts. I recommend that you tune in and listen to another one. <laughs> you know? yeah, and uh, that's also the good thing about podcasts. Like people who don't like it are hardly going to spend 
an hour week after week listening to it unless people hate listeners that would yes. be cool as well <laughs> that's the goal yeah, yeah. that's that makes us like 75 of our listeners they just yes. you know <laughs> really hate, hate it so you can't believe what mark just said yeah. this week <laughs> i'm sure there's some drinking game somewhere you know we have like it was like a really large number of listeners in brazil and i reckon i'm some stupid drinking game over there <laughs> <laughs> every time that's he says thing. some word or whatever they probably take a shot <laughs> that's that's my logic <laughs> uh, but yeah it's um it's really cool i'll put a link in the description of this episode to to your podcast um it's on spotify right yes well it doesn't matter but wherever it is just i'll include that link mm-hmm. um and yeah people can tune in and enjoy it and as you said it'll be there will be I'm going to put myself under pressure on the record here. So we're recording this on Tuesday. I'm aiming to put this episode out on Thursday. Um, so that means you'll be you'll have two episodes out because you said there's another episode coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. And we'll be coming out every other Wednesday bi-weekly. Yeah. And there will be a few bonus episodes. Yes. We'll also do episodes about something else than the show. Um, we're going to do an episode about CMAT. Do you know this artist? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also the Danish royal family. Yes, because they have been kicking off lately. Oh, God. (laughs) Kicking off in the royal arena. Right, nice. And one more thing about the the show we're covering is that it's so cool because it includes a real French movie star in every episode. So that's what we're also discussing, like who is this star and why are they famous and how famous are they? And it's a good companion to, we sort of hope to give a little cultural companion to French culture. Okay. Yeah. Where I will be asking, like I'm coming from Norton here, (laughs) like I don't know. And Julie is giving me all the lessons. Yeah. But it's great actually for, from that perspective of being able to learn more about French and Danish culture as an English speaker, because like really to get that level of in-depth analysis, you would have to really be speaking or understand French or understand Danish. Mm. Um, I know that in Denmark, like you have got a ridiculously high level of English, but still most of your content, most of your experts still speak through Danish. Mm. So um, for people listening who are interested in, in obviously not only the show, but the cultures of France, the culture of Denmark and comparing it to Ireland and American and whatnot, I think it could be a really cool cool way to learn more. And yeah. that's what interests us and because we we know how much it takes and we both have been lucky enough to have that, you know, with our own partners, that sort of guide that you could just ask anything at any time to get that more in-depth understanding of a culture. So that's what we're really interested in as well with the podcast. Mm, brilliant. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank it was you. good fun. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.